Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, it's Thursday. This is April and we drinking. This is your girl, Caroline. Girl-line? Girl-line. I think I hurt my neck saying that. I don't know what I said. Did you say it on accident or purpose? I never know. Sometimes I feel like I just had a stroke when I talk. Listen to this text message I got today. Dude, y'all's podcast is so f***ing funny. I literally live for Thursdays. Good job. Y'all are so funny together. Best idea ever. I'm so happy y'all did this. I've given reviews and I try to interact with, with the SM to, I don't know what SM y'all are going to be the next crime junkie. <laughs> oh, I wish we're a little different from crime junkie, but maybe she meant like on that level. Yes. I was like, okay, boo, I'm going to need you to come to the live show. The next live show we do yes. and tell all your friends. So that was fun. Uh, that was from Casey, by the way, case, a different Casey Turner. Oh yeah. 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 Hippodrome. Yep. Um, she might not want you to say the whole name. Well, too late. What if she's wanted and now her, they're going to well, be able to find her? I, I didn't give her a location, so she's safe. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we also got a new review. This is not a one-star review is how it's titled. Wow. Uh, yes. us. And it says, you ladies are freaking hilarious. Oh Literally my, my new favorite podcast. I listen to y'all all day. I will be very sad when I finally catch up. So she's oh girl, like don't binging be sad. It. Don't be sad. Binging, binging. Can I give y'all 10 stars? And she literally oh. did. She put 10 <gasps> stars on the review. <gasps> 10 big yellow stars. Oh, my This gosh. is Yuri GTZ. Thanks, what? Yuri. What's I love April and Caroline. I look forward to Thursdays because of this podcast. They make you feel like you're there in the conversation. I even catch myself laughing out loud sometimes. They add in the perfect amount of comedy while telling a story so it isn't so dark. I love this podcast. Yay. Who's that from? It says she also did a 10-star rating. What? Did I read What's the name? What's her title? Ashley W. Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Is that your friend? That is... um. Friend, yes. So listen, I taught her in elementary. She was at the live show, or I had her in elementary, and she's one of the best real estate agents in. Just why I'm homeless right now because she sold my house way too quickly. Did we read this one from May 25th? So only hire Ashley if you want to be homeless. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, if you want to. So yes, love listening. Did we read this one? I don't know. So much fun is the subjects from Kristen. It's complicated. Kristen underscore it's complicated. That's who it's from. 
Love listening to April and Carolyn in the car or doing yard work. Learn a lot and get some much-needed laugh therapy. Thanks for being awesome. Yay. Oh, my gosh. It's complicated. I can't believe we're that funny. That we had three (laughs) extra reviews. I thought it was just me that thought that. But, nope. Clearly. Um, April, can I tell you about the latest update? Let's tell them what we're drinking first because we always forget that. Yeah, we do. It's a very summery drink this Mm -hmm. is usually my summer drink so it is bacardi coconuts with a little bit of pineapple juice this is basically a breakfast drink i feel like i'm or beach drink or pool drink i feel like i'm at the pool at the beach right now yeah Yeah, it's a very summery so if you want a summer drink then go ahead and mix that up because it's very good yeah it is very tasty and it's very refreshing Mm -hmm. i feel refreshed at at the moment We Do you feel like you're not sweating, even though we really Yeah, are. it actually has cooled me off. Okay. It's made my ears. You're not as get red. A lo- if you ever watch the video, the podcast on, the, like, the YouTubes, <laughs> you know that my hands are typically red, and so are my ears, and sometimes my nose. So I put my glasses on to hide my red nose, and then my ears <clears> are <throat> typically pretty small, so they're cute if they're red. But then my hands, they're big, and they don't look cute. So it's just because we have to turn the air off, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah, we'll be in a new place real soon. So, we have a missing white woman. Here we go. M W W. But it's not it's not what you it's not what everybody's thinking. Okay. She's missing because she's a fugitive. Ooh. Listen. This is a love triangle gone wrong. They this story are. happened in May, which I was not aware of because I was obviously on jury duty for Johnny Depp oh, and for yeah. her trial. Speaking of Which, that, <laughs> oh, speaking of that, let's my end. my prayer came true. April, go ahead. Let's go ahead and tell it. Well, you got to go ahead and get it up. Well, the way. and I haven't read anything about it, but what I've seen is that he's been offered a good amount of money, three hundred and one million dollars, to be Jack Sparrow again. April, I do have to tell you, I think I took it to the altar. Took April, it to altar prayer. I just have to tell you what he ain't gonna do it. Fake. News, what? fake news. Really? Yeah, we'll see. No, it is one hundred percent fake news. Did Johnny say it? He ha- no, he hasn't confirmed it. He hasn't said anything about it. It's fake news. So he's just not ready to announce it yet. Cause he hadn't signed on the line. Fake news. What? I know. I knew you would be excited, and I knew that I would have to burst your bubble. Podcast, but over. you know what? I'm still hoping that he's going to be in Beetlejuice. <laughs> let's talk about this every week, literally. We literally know, have. But let's continue it until it happens. Until whatever it happens. I am not not going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. So Beetlejuice I, is a classic. Anyways, a back parts. to my missing white woman who's just a fugitive. This was all happening in May, or it became in the news in may and that's why i missed it because i was on jury duty okay clearly so there was a development in the case literally yesterday and then my sister Catherine sent me something about it and i was like why don't i know about this and then i did my research and it was on nancy grace episode which i missed because i was in the trial what's the case (sighs) caitlin armstrong she is 34 years old. She's a realtor and a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. She was accused of killing a cyclist, Marion oh. Mariah Wilson. 
killed on May 11th. She flew from, because this was in Austin. Yeah, 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 yeah. She flew from Austin to Houston to New York on May 13th. Wilson, the same boyfriend or something, right? Will, the guy, the Mariah Wilson, she dated Caitlin's boyfriend, Colin Strickland. Okay. She dated that guy briefly like a year before. And that they were like broken up, but they had recently dated. Well, then the Mariah girl reconnected with Colin, the boyfriend, on May 11th while they're in Austin. They like went swimming. They went to dinner. And while like because I guess she had just come in town and they did all that while she came in town. Well, then old Caitlin Armstrong arrived at the home that Mariah was staying at about a minute after Colin left the house. And he had actually lied to Caitlin about like his whereabouts. So I'm assuming she was like obviously watching. Of course. So she gets to that house and the next thing you know, she goes like she goes missing. The, the Caitlin Armstrong girl is gone. This girl winds up dead and they're like doing, they're like manhunt. They're like searching, searching, searching everywhere for her. They're like, the last thing we know is that she was in New York in like the airport. Like, cause she had flown from Austin to Houston. Then she uh-huh. flew from Houston to LaGuardia. And that's the last thing we had heard for a few weeks. They spent 54 days or something like that. 50 days looking for her. And guess what? They just captured her yesterday and she's been arrested. Oh. She was staying in a hostel in Costa Rica. Oh. U.S. Marshals had been tracking her for 50 days. They are in the process of getting her back to the U.S. right now. They said U.S. Marshals, FBI, and local law enforcement all together determined that she had secured a fraudulent passport. So it was a real passport of somebody else, okay, and that that's how they tracked her to San Juan, Costa Rica. Wow. She had cut her hair. She dyed her hair. She had a bandage over her nose. She said she was in like a surf surfboard accident or something, whatever. But she was in, you know, you have to like l- let go of your Everything. everybody and yeah. like completely just be gone. And, and they said she had recently sold her Jeep at a CarMax. And so she had like $12,000. So, and then she was apparently going around in Costa Rica to like yoga studios that probably do like get a job. Oh, she was keeping her same uh, schedule up. So they knew how to find her. Let's search the yoga studios. I mean. She tried. I mean, she's better than um, the prison guard lady that just went to a hotel, a a porn shop. And then. Yeah, she just wanted to get, you know. Yeah, yeah, they just went to Illinois, so. I'm gonna give it to this girl. She and at least then, left the country. I mean, at least go to the go to a country where you can't get extradited. extradited. And she, is she even staying in a hostel? Because you usually like pay like ten dollars a night or something cash just yeah. to stay. So she obviously was she talking was, to people. She was or trying something. a little bit. Well, uh, in other news, the Gabby Petito Brian Laundry um, case is going to proceed. The judge yes. has okayed okay, it to that. proceed to go to the next level, which not, I guess, I guess we just wait and see if it goes to trial, but that's, it's approved. This judge wants to be famous too. So he's like, hell yeah, this is going to oh, go. Oh yeah. But I, I think Why that it, would I if it this? wouldn't go, it, if it does go, it's going to like, 
it won't be for like a year. Yeah. But I'm here for it. I might be on the jury. Wow, that was a good just news uh, update. Yeah. Oh, oh, and let's not forget R. Kelly. Oh. So I put as my of baby today, in the what's the song? <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll see it again. Wanna pee on my pee on my mattress. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. What's the song? R. Kelly. I'm singing R. Kelly. I know, but I don't remember one about peeing on the mattress. You don't remember the song you're talking about peeing on people? Sprinkle me. Sprinkle, sprinkle me. me. Sprinkle No. Sprinkle I don't me. Know. Sprinkle your pee on me. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Well, we can look that up. But R. Kelly got 30 years, and I have no idea. I never watched the series. I've never just looked into it. I just loved his music, and, and I just left it at that. With a little, yeah, okay. With a little bubble gun. But there's no peeing in a closet. I'm going to find the pee in the closet song. Okay. I'm sure she'll interrupt at the in the middle of the story because she found it. So be ready yep. for that, y'all. Yep. Um, But R. Kelly, tell us what y'all think about that. Well, what is it? What about it? He got 30 freaking years. But... From what I do know is he was the abused that came became the abuser and he did to his victims what was done to him. But okay. obviously the jury did not give a shit really? because he got 30, 30 years. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, R. Kelly. Do you think they're going to seize I'm, his music? I don't understand why if this case happened so long ago, why did he just not get sentenced? Hmm. I don't know, because also Gislaine, Jelaine, Gillane, whatever you want to call her, Maxwell, mm -hmm. she got 20 years also. Good. But we're just waiting for the names. We're waiting for the names to be released of all the people who were involved. But this is what they're saying. This is what Brian Enton was telling me. <laughs> that some lady was talking to him and said that she's going to try to get to where she can go and go back to the UK and go and be in her like fancy jail up in there. But I don't know if they'll let her go, but they're like, why would, why wouldn't she want to, why wouldn't she release these names? Like, why wouldn't she just come out and tell these names? And he's like, because those are the people that are keeping her uh, alive. alive. Yes. She knows she'll probably die. Well, you know, Unfortunately, the song that I was thinking on is actually um, Dave Chappelle singing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, I'm going to pee on you. Yes, 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 yes. I remember Dave Chappelle making this fun on of you. I can't. Oh, I love me some Dave Chappelle. He had this big old water jug. He was spraying everywhere. It was real <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, He's I guess best. that wasn't his song, but that was Dave Chappelle, which it's just as good. Just it's better. <sighs> April, what are we doing today? So I have confession. I am on summer break and you would think that you would think she'd have time to do a story to but... get shit done. But you know what? I've been living my best life. Oh, look at my tan line. 
Oh, you might look like that me. White? Was I that white? You before? should see my butt. We should show everybody. You should. Um, I've just been living my best life, and I've not had a computer open since the live show. Like since I had to write the wow. story for the live show. Where have you been living your best life? Just not on a computer. I've just been at the lake. I've been at the pool. I've been watch binge watching shows. I've just had this freedom. Well, I mean, I'm happy for you. I know. I know. I know. I know. But because I've been living my best life, I've not researched. And but I do have a story ready. And this was a story that was done at the live show. So some of y'all have heard it. Most of y'all have not. So I'm going to take you guys to Clifton Texas. Here we go. This is a wrongfully convicted story. Um, and I haven't even reviewed it, so hopefully I know what I'm talking about. I'm All sure right. You will. Let's go down the road to Clifton, Texas. If you're not from Waco or the area, it's probably about a 25-minute drive from Waco. This guy's name is Joe D. Bryan. In my opinion, this is a wrongfully convicted. He's, if you look up some wrongfully convicted podcasts, his name, like his story is one that's on there, but there's still a lot of people that don't think that he is innocent, think he's guilty. So let's tell mm. you the story. So Joe and Mickey Bryan, Mickey was his wife, and they lived in Clifton, Texas together, and they lived their best wonderful life. Wife. Life. Wife and life. Life. He was a high school principal at Clifton ISD, and she was actually a fourth grade teacher at Clifton ISD. Mm-hmm. And when you have little bitty schools, like everything's in one building. So pre-K, elementary, junior high, and high school, all in one building, but you have m- multiple principals over the different grade levels. Oh, wow. So um, because Clifton's a small town, like everybody knows everybody. Yep. Everybody knows everybody's business. If you sneeze, they know you sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them have probably like had sex with each other just because there's only so many people to have. So it's just Clifton. That's what it's about. Our small towns. We went straight to the porn podcast. We didn't even skip a beat. Yeah. So Clifton, small town, right? Um, Mickey was from Clifton. So she was born, raised, stayed there. And Joe is from E-Town, Elmont, right down oh. the road from us. Oh where I'm residing right now, Elmont is real D- famous. Did you almost get burnt on fire last week? No. Oh, you didn't? No. That's good. No, no, no. Okay, well, there was a big fire. So It was big. It was everywhere. It was like Bellmead. It was. What, was it wasn't close to you, though. No, it was oh. like way on the other side. Oh, okay, good. Um, So Sorry. they began dating in their late 20s, but they knew each other their whole, like since they were kids. And people would say that they were stuck at each other's hip. Um, Like, they didn't have kids. Mickey couldn't have kids. So, like, their kids at the school district were their kids. They took care of them like they were their kids. They would um, cook dinner every night together. So, like, they would both be in the kitchen cooking. Mm. Then after dinner, they would be seeing walking hand to hand, holding hands and walking. They are in love. They Yes. Like, they were... Picture perfect is how people mm-hmm. describe them. Um, so what happened? Oh, look. Oh, my gosh. Our toes almost match perfectly. Same color. Wow. Look at my nails. Your nails. No. Almost. 
I am loving your round two. Girl. Never go back. Never go back. Never go back. Okay. Side note. Sorry. So now we're in October of 1985 because Joe had to leave for his principal's conference in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. This is something that principals have to go to every year. Um, And Mickey wasn't a principal, so she stayed at home and she had to go to work. So Joe left, was in Austin. Mickey, the next morning, didn't show up to work. So her principal and her teachers were like, this is not like Mickey. She's usually here by seven ish in the morning. Her classroom door was still like closed and locked. And so people were worried. The principal was so worried. The principal like went to Mickey's house and was like, oh, maybe she overslept. Maybe, I don't know, she had a flat. Let me go help. I know Joe's out of town. Maybe she crashed in the ditch. Maybe she crashed in the ditch. Like you just don't know. Well, they showed up, the principal showed up, and the teachers actually ended up going during their conference. And when the teachers showed up, there were popos and ambulance everywhere. At the house. At the house, at Mickey and Joe's house. And what they had found is that Mickey Bryan had been shot and brutally murdered in her bedroom, in their master bedroom. And he was out of town. He was 130 miles away in Austin. Okay. Um, and had been going to like, there's conferences, like they start early in the morning and sometimes they go all day and there's lunches. And so one of his colleagues hears the news and pulls him aside while he's in Austin and tells him like the worst news you could hear. Mm-hmm. Joe, Mickey, Mickey is, is dead. dead. He's, she's been murdered. She's been murdered. And so Joe was obviously like distraught distraught devastated so bad that somebody from clifton had to come and pick drive down to austin to pick him up to get him back because he was not drivable or not capable of driving he was just too distraught crime scene was pretty horrific blood splatter spatter Spatter, splatter was everywhere and was it like kathleen it was like kathleen's and so i was by the way listening to something did i mention how my theory of kathleen because i don't know if we did i did your theory of kathleen well like of how he killed her from last week you you talked did you listen to your own episode today yeah (laughs) i wanted to be like but i wanted to say this (laughs) okay so what's your theory well that he like just he didn't use the fire stick the fire poker but he just like beat her head into the stairs that's why she had all those all those gashes on her head because yes no i think it's al (laughs) somebody you do think it's the owl i I don't know how did she get inside i mean the, the owl attacked her outside i know but she was inside on the stairs and there was all the blood all over the whole stairs so if you watch the movie they did a good reenactment of the of, owl no well i'm not that far yet okay they did a good reenactment of her actually falling like slipping and how she hit her head and coughed up blood and how like basically showed how all the blood would have ended up like everywhere. And I was like, "Mm, this is real believable, real believable. Um, Because 
the head trauma caused her to like bleed and so she coughed it up and that's how there's spider here spider here then she tried to get up Slipped and it came own. out some more yeah and like slip like it it was a good reenactment I don't know. But it was going from her walking. Like, how did she fall, even fall? She just was walking up the stairs and she slipped like on the third stair. Just like lost her footing and slipped. And hit the back of her head? Yeah, because she went backwards. And that wall was like right there. So she hit the wall. Oh, because it was kind of a weird curved yeah, staircase. yeah. yeah. That's still too much blood. Listen, there's I was no, like, wait, beat. there's seven slashes in the head. There's talons, three talons here, three talons here. And then the seventh one is the beak. <laughs> Did you it's examine the, the picture? It's the owl. It's the owl. Until you look at the ex-wife's crime scene photos and they're the exact same. So you couldn't have had Ain't an no owl in owl. England. Now, a word from our sponsors. Nine one one, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, 
we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Okay, so crime scene was real crappy, yeah, like real bloody. Um, and then, of course, news spread all over Clifton. And because it's a small town, it's small town police department, they needed help because they weren't that experienced. Remember, a lady in our audience was from Clifton, and she was like, they're still not experienced. Um, and so they called in the Texas Rangers to kind of come and help with this case. So what they had found is she was not raped um, and there were no signs of forced entry. So when the um, they had to get family permission to bust in. So it was actually her mom, Mickey's mom, that found her because they called the mom was like, do you have a key? Do you have a key? The mom was like, do what you can to get in. So they had to force themselves in. Yeah. So no sign of forced entry. So they were like, could this be a burglary? Like with the burglar of locked the door when they left so um wait so how long had she been dead so this was back then where they don't can't look at the crime the body and know how many hours or whatever that Um, wasn't a part of it i guess yeah or i guess you know if like if the if you can tell the temperature of the body yeah yeah, but I don't know, like, there was never, or I never saw, like, an actual time of death. Did this happen at midnight? Did this happen at one thirty? Because I know with the Kathleen, they, like, said she'd probably been dead for, like, 90 minutes to an hour before he even called 9 mm. or, like, two hours before he called 9 because just, like, based on the blood, it was kind of dried and stuff. Yeah. So they're like, why did you wait so long to call? So if this, you know, because he wasn't there. He wasn't but there, then, so it could have been early that evening. Or if he did it and then left, and but, you yeah. know, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so they had also found that there was no forced entry, that there was jewelry missing, a watch, a bracelet, and $1,000 that they kept in a tin under their bed, and then Joe's gun that they had used to kill rattlesnake because there were rattlesnakes bad in the area. Yeah. They had also found a white pair of... Um, like a jockey whitey tidy underwear jockey brand in the trash can and some there had been they had been ejaculated in not like okay on but inside inside like some like on the yeah pee part or the part that touches your pee pee so i'm picturing oh whoever killed her yeah got off by the kill I guess inside his pants while he's wearing them. Yeah, but then why would you take them off and put them in the trash? I don't know, but like, do they not track whose it is? I'll tell you, they threw this it away. This is 1985. Yeah, but they could save it. That's how they caught the gold State Killer. Yes. Or maybe not, yes, but yes, like, yes. I don't even know if it's still familial part of it. DNA. This is going to be issues that like come up later. Okay. 
<clears throat> so there were also cigarette butts on the floor inside of the house, like in the kitchen. But Joe didn't smoke and Nikki didn't smoke. Okay, well, this is obvious. It's somebody else. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so I would think that that's good evidence, right? Bag yeah. the cigarette butt. Um, four months before Mick, Nikki died. So, th- of course, the crazy, the Clifton, town of Clifton's going crazy. There was a policeman that was on the scene that convinced the other people on the scene that that cigarette butt is not part of the crime scene. That he had actually accidentally brought that in from outside. It was on the bottom of his foot. So it's unrelated to the crime scene. So they never bagged that cigarette butt. Great job. They were trying to say that a police officer had that stuck on the bottom of its foot, a bottom of its shoe. Yeah. Walked it into the house and Uh then it all of a sudden fell off in the house. In the house after it's a a police officer. Police officer. One of the officers (laughs) is is the murder. So he's inside. So he's covering up all the evidence. Yes, Mm, figured it out. So four months before Nikki died, there was another murder in Clifton, and there's never any murders in Clifton. So it's kind of like midlothian remember missy beavers died and mm-hmm. then somebody else died and no the cops didn't know what to do because nobody ever dies well this one was a murder of a 17 year old sophomore in high school and the only people that really die in these small towns are like meth addicts right like or like drunk driving drunk yeah or like a meth lab is blown up or somebody overdoses it's not like murders murders yeah this little girl's name was judy whitley and she wanted some snacks so she walked to the local grocery store which is a little small town grocery store and she never came back home they searched and searched like the police panicked they searched for her and when they found her they found her in a wooded area like just couple hundred yards away from the grocery store and she was raped and murdered and she had died by asphyxiation so she was smothered smothered suffocated something then a tip came in so police were like who did this what's going on whatever a tip came in to the police and this tip said that judy the sophomore girl had a diary that she, that she might have been dating somebody that her family didn't know about, oh. seeing somebody, and that she would have written about it in her diary that she kept at her grandmama's house. Okay. So, tip came in. So, what do you think is going to happen? Like, they want to go find this diary. Yeah. So, they pull up to the grandma's house, and... There was one cop already there on the scene, like he's about to go in, and then the house like blows up and flames. Exploded? Explodes like by like a bomb. It went off like Hiroshima. Hiroshima? Hiroshima. Hiroshima. <laughs> I'm the geography teacher. Obviously. So that's interesting. That's very sus. It's because that's the cop who was killing these people and he blew up the house. And think about it. The only person who knows about this person called in the tip, Judy, and then the police. There was a crooked police. cop. We got a crooked Always. cop. And they're always a crooked cop. Mm-hmm. 
There was no arrest after this murder. Um, and then. Well, how'd the house blow up? I don't know. They didn't do an investigation. Because all you got to do is call the fire people and they can be like, it was set on fire. It was explosive devices. Right. Come on. But they still can't find anybody. Like, that's not going to point it to a certain person. So Judy Whitley's murder is... Was Grandma in the house? I don't think anybody was in the house. Because it didn't say anything about any casualties from this blow-up. It was just... so weird. Now Judy's murder is unsolved and then four months later mickey dies so the family's like could this be related is this unrelated oh they yeah, die in totally different ways right yeah judy yeah, yeah. was raped and asphyxiated and mickey was shot just shot not raped where was she not shot in her oh in her body i don't know what part of her body because why Sorry. was it so bloody maybe her head and it exploded like the other lady you did from Houston, Barbie, Barbie, uh, Belinda, Belinda, <laughs> or Barbie. <laughs> Her memory is so great. And listen, at least I got the, the ginkgo biloba. I work. did take those. <laughs> Not today, though. I've been taking them. Recent. So. So now we got two murders. I'm going to introduce a guy named Charlie Blue. B-O-U-E. Remember, okay. we had talked about this at the at the live show. Yeah. Charlie Blue is Mickey's brother. And he comes to town because he's got to bury his sister, right? There's yeah. a funeral. Yep, yep, yep. He lived in Florida. He was this big business guy in Florida. Um, and he was supposedly this successful, powerful person. But when he came into town, he didn't have a car because he had to fly in. And so he'd asked to borrow Joe's car um, while he was there so he could do his errands or whatever he needed. When he got there, he also called up a guy named Bud Saunders. Bud, this is his former friend, or his friend, but Bud was also a former FBI agent. And he was like, Bud, oh buddy, oh pal, I need you to investigate <coughs> my sister's murder. Mm-hmm. And so Bud was like, for sure, let's, let's I'm coming to town, let's drink some beer, we're going to go back roading. So that's what they're doing. What you do in small towns, the best time of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And they're back roading and they're riding around. And the story is that they had to take a leak. So Bud had to pee. So they pull over on the side of a country road and Bud peed. And when he peed, he accidentally stepped in some mud. Oh. So sure, Joe has a towel in his trunk. They open up Joe's trunk. Remember, they're driving Joe's car. Mm -hmm. And in that trunk, while they're looking for a towel or a rag, they see a flashlight with brownish red um, speckles on the lens of the flashlight. Mm -hmm. So Charlie Blue's like, is that blood? And Bud Saunders is like, I think that's blood. So they go home and they call the police and then the car's getting processed, right? Okay. So the car got processed. They searched it, and they grabbed <clears throat> that flashlight, and they bagged it. And Charlie didn't say shit to Joe. He just drops the car off back at Joe's house and was like, peace, or wherever Joe was. Yeah. Gave it back to Joe and just said, peace out. So Charlie had the car for a total of five days. And during that five days is when the police found the flashlight. This flashlight with supposedly blood spatter mm-hmm. on there. 
Joe got his car back and Charlie's an asshole because there's no gas in it. Rude. So he's, yeah, real rude. So he's like, let me go get some gas. It's probably like 77 cents a gallon. Oh, for sure. And, but this is an old car to where you need to put some like fuel shit, like injector stuff in there before you put gas in it. Like it's, it makes the gas go in there smoother. So it's basically like lube. lube? Fuel lube. Wow. So fuel he lube. keeps the fuel lube in the trunk of the car. So okay. Joe's going to the trunk of the car and he's getting this lube. And he's like, oh, there's the tin of money. I need to tell the police that it wasn't under my bed. Remember there was a thousand dollars missing. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I forgot. They had went to town a couple weeks before and they took that cash because they went shopping and they spent some of the cash. So there was only $850 left. And so he was like, oh, I need to remember to tell the popos. So he did. He was like, let me put in this lube. Let me put in the gas and let me go to the police. Yeah. So he does and he tells them. And remember, the cops had already gotten this flashlight that Joe had nothing about. Uh Then he comes in and he was like, hey. Um, I wanted to let y'all know that this a thousand dollars was not stolen. It's been in my car the whole time. It's been in my car because we went to Waco, and the cops were like, mm, "Actually, we what? actually have a flashlight." We're yeah, they they thought they did not think this story was believable, and they thought that he was hiding things by coming to him. It must have been opposite day. Yeah, it must because been. he was like coming forth. And they thought he was, like, being sneaky and hiding stuff. They thought, I don't know what they thought. Like, it just doesn't even make sense. Um, So they think he's a liar. And so if Joe's lying about this, what else would he be lying about? Then the next day or so, the blood comes back. Or they tested the flashlight blood. And it says that it is blood type O. Guess who has blood type Mickey. O? Mickey. It's very common. Well, maybe the brother does too. Maybe the brother does too. Or the killer. Whoever. So this was like. And the brother had the car for five days. For five days. This car was and not so even he's in Joe's bring, possession. Why is he he's just going to go turn it in? Listen, he was friends with the cop. And the cop was like, bro, like, no. And then they're like, oh, let's just put my blood on it and pretend it's hers. And then turn it in and then let's yeah and joe's probably about to get arrested like in a minute what i don't know so also remember this is 1985 yeah i was born then so best year ever (laughs) joe gets arrested great great blood typo and he was like blindsided. He's mourning his wife and he gets arrested for his her murder. And the town at, was like, I can't believe Joe did it. Did he do it? I don't know. I can't he wasn't believe even it. There. And they were like, no way. He loved her. He loved her. She didn't do it. He did not kill her. And what's the. Okay. Until they oh, find I something forgot. else in we this did. search. You're right. I'm, it's all coming back to me. They find a calendar of naked of naked boy. It's a Chippendale calendar. 
Oh, Are yeah. they even naked in those? They just got on like ties and like they're just showing their bulges. Chaps, yeah, and their bulges. I don't know. It's not even. You could probably have a Chippendale calendar up on your classroom. Oh, at, at this school. point, absolutely. <laughs> if you don't, it's yeah. not fair. If you don't actually, so you should probably. Yeah, all have you're one gonna up. get fired if you don't have <laughs> Chippendales and rainbows. So <clears throat> back. So when they saw this calendar, they was like Joe. Must be a homo. This oh, is now homo Joe. Joe's a mo. That's <laughs> Joe's a, a mo. Joe is a mo. And back then, it was illegal to be gay. I like, still don't understand that. It's illegal. It was a, like you could get arrested, <laughs> fined and arrested. If you were like holding they hands with same, the... Oh. You could... So if people were gay, they were not coming out of the closet right, back then yeah, because yeah. it was against the law. So that was their motive. They were like, oh, we didn't found our motive. He is a very successful, respected principal. His wife must have found out he likes boys, guys. And she was going to out him. And if she outed him, it would ruin his life, reputation, and he'd get arrested. Well, this is the same as Michael Peterson. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) I mean... He and, was sending emails and getting oh, blowjobs yeah. from uh, escorts. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And so, Joe, though, didn't have any corroboration of him being gay. It was just like, oh. So, they asked Joe about the calendar, right? Yeah. And Joe was like, yes, I know. Me and Mickey bought that calendar together it was a gag gift for one of their friends who was about to turn 50. And so that's what you do. Like when somebody turns 50 or back then is like you do gag gifts, like yeah. over the heel type gifts, funny gifts. They bought it as a joke. They didn't believe him. Um, and so this is another, this is a motive. And, and then the people in Clifton are kind of like turning against him now. Oh, Cause no. if you're gay, you must be a murderer. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously how they think. So, but let's talk about, like, if he could have, if he was in Austin. Okay. So, if he could have killed her, he would have had to drive from Austin. So, 130, this is like a two-hour drive. Like, for us, it's an hour and a half. It'd be like an extra 30 minutes. There was, like, basically a monsoon. It was Hurricane Katrina in the area at that time. So, the rain was horrible from Austin to Clifton. So, then you got to add that to the drive so that makes the drive even longer two the rain was followed what had this also like horrible fog so then it made it harder to see and then joe had a eye macular degeneration eye issue to oh, where not immaculate degeneration <laughs> to where he don't tell me we got an immaculate degeneration <laughs> it's exactly what he had oh, so how could he I have struggled with the same issue listen i, I got it right now because I think, I think my contacts are on backwards or inside out or the wrong guy because because you're on like summer and you're living your best life <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know which eye is right and which one's not <laughs> Um, so it would, the trip would have taken him like a minimum five hours to get down there to get back. back. Yeah. Um, and, but he was at his class conference like the next day and it would have just been impossible for him to do that. He never drove at night. He barely drove because he had 
Immaculate Virgin, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Let's say that four more times. Okay, I will. Um. So there's his documented vision problem. Like, it's not just like him saying, hey, I got MD. Yeah. He's, it's like documented, like the doc, ophthalmologist Literally confirmed it. Immaculate degeneration. So then, you know, when chick hits the fan, you know who starts talking or gets around to the bar flies and the Baptists. <laughs> my mama's phone starts ringing off the hook. <laughs> Everybody's talking and they're like, if Joe killed Mickey. Then, then Joe obviously killed Judy. Killed Judy. Oh, hell. Um, and they have a link because Judy was a high school student and Joe was a high school principal. Oh my gosh. And then did you blow up grandma's house too? And wow. He must Joe, have you're grandma's a- house because maybe Judy had something in there that would out Joe. So it's just, can you imagine how small town I can. is talking? I actually can. While in jail, this is a little weird to me. Joe's trying to figure out, he's like, who could have done this? Who could have gotten inside of my house? Because remember the house, the door was locked. Who could have done this? Because he's like, it wasn't me. So he's trying to sit here and like try to make sense of this. And he remembers, because he stayed at the Hyatt in Austin. And he says he remembers that one of the nights he comes back to his room and there's this Hyatt worker in his blazer and his like got his name tag that mm-hmm. says Jack Shaw. And he Jack Shaw was like, Hey Joe, we're having some issues with people stealing, like our maids stealing. Would you mind leaving your wallet and your keys out <laughs> on the what? dresser? Because we think we've narrowed it down. So if, if anything goes missing, then we know who it is. Okay. But we can guarantee that, you know, you'll get your stuff back. And so Joe was like, sure, I'll leave my wallet and my keys out when I go to my conferences or go to sleep or where, wherever it was. Well, he was like, could this Jack Shaw have made a copy of my key? Like, what? is that the key to my car, the key to my house? And is that how they might have gotten into the house? Like, he was just wondering and wondering and wondering. Oh so gosh. he was like, let me call Hyatt. And he tells the police, call Hyatt. Well, you need to question Jack Shaw. And guess what? Jack Shaw's dead. Jack Shaw does not exist. <gasps> There's no worker at the Hyatt named <gasps> Jack Shaw. What? There was no. Um, I don't remember this from a lot. No, <laughs> no, anything about maids stealing from the. So whatever. So this story was either made up by somebody else to get him to leave his stuff, or Joe made the story up. This is like the part of the story where I was like, I don't. Where did this come from? Yeah, that's but a. Why little, would you make this up? I know. Like this doesn't help you at all. So it had to happen. Like. That's not a lie that I would make up to make people think that I'm innocent. I would have thought of something a little bit better, which makes me think it had to have happened. But who the fuck is Jack Shaw? Is Jack Shaw actually Bud Saunders? The FBI friend of Charlie Blue? I don't know. So, um, no, so nobody, Jack Shaw didn't exist. And so he's in jail and it's time for the trial. And, um, the lawyer, his lawyer was like, we probably need to go on and take this out of Clifton because they oh, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. everybody knows it's going to turn against you and you not might not want to be tried, but that might not want 
you might not want them to be your jury. Mm-hmm. And so Joe was just adamant. He was like, no, these are my people. These are my friends. They love me. They know me and Mickey more than anybody. Oh, no. I want my jury of peers to hear the story. And so he kept it there. And so his Clifton people were his jury people. Well, and they put him right in jail. The good thing is 36 people testified on his behalf. 36? And, yes. There's there's only like 47 people in Clifton. <laughs> so, so basically the whole town. Basically the whole town put on their Sunday's best and they testified for Joe and just about how much him, what him and Mickey's marriage was like. Um... And then and they had somebody else testify. And this was the cop guy investigator that oh, like stepped on a cigarette that well, it wasn't him. It was another guy that like went to basically like um, Grand Canyon University, and did an online um, blood spatter certification <laughs> in like four hours. <laughs> Sorry, nothing against Grand Canyon University. But basically but did commercials on it. <laughs> basically did a, a like 20 or 30 hour course that made him a blood spatter expert. And so he is the one who testified on the blood spatter and said that um that was blood on the flashlight and that the killer who had the gun had the flashlight in one hand and the gun in the other hand and shot. And that's how the blood ended back on the flashlight. Wow. Good job. Yeah. But this was like this big ass gun that you couldn't, you needed two hands to even carry. Um, yeah. Where's the, it, do we have the gun? Like what's, where's all I that? forgot. Yeah, they have it. it. Well, it was missing actually. They never had the gun, but it, the bullet matched the gun that he had in his house to kill rattlesnakes. But it was missing, so they never had the gun. Mm-hmm. Also, why in the hell would Joe need a flashlight in his own house? It's his house. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. Like he, what? He wouldn't. All he's got to do is turn on light. <laughs> he knows where to go. So if somebody, if that is blood, and somebody needed a flashlight, they obviously don't know where how to maneuver around the house. Yeah. If that is the case. Crooked cop. Also, it came up in court that. There was a $300,000 life insurance policy. There's always a life insurance policy. Always is. Out on Mickey. And that that was Joe's motivation. Even though they didn't have any money problems. Yeah, they didn't have any money problems. But this was like icing on the cake is that, oh, she found out I'm gay. Let me go on and kill her and get this $300,000 policy. Jury came back and he is guilty. Guilty. All the way, all the way guilty. And of course, Joe's like, let's file an appeal because this is, oh, yeah. I did not kill my wife. So they did. And he was like, that $300 life insurance is not, that's not the truth. There was 300000 together. So 150, Mickey 150. And one, okay. yeah, 150 and 150. So just by that being a lie, that was a technicality. And so the whole got a new thing trial. was overturned. <gasps> and he got out of jail. So what? he was out of jail for a little bit. Yeah, he was overturned and he was released. Like, immediately. How long was he in there then? I think this was eight years. Jeez. He was there for a while. Is this like a, like a, what kind of jail is it? It's like a, like is it? 
Gatesville? I mean, that's where the women go, right? Uh, I don't know where he was, was but he's always been jail. in Texas. He's been in Texas this whole time. Probably Kerrville. And they're a prison in Kerrville, State Hospital. Know. It's in Gatesville. He's been in Texas. Hey, there, maybe it was Gatesville. There's, I thought that was a women's jail. I thought it was both. Oh, well, we're so smart. Yeah, I don't know. Good thing. Good thing we're here. Maybe he was in... Good thing. <laughs> maybe they had their own jail in Clifton and he was there. <laughs> Clifton Jail. He's in Clifton <laughs> County Jail. Maybe he's in Facebook or Instagram jail. I don't know. <laughs> so he was released on the technicality. And, but he, of course, there's still a murder. So he's got to have another trial. What if he did the Alfred plea like Michael Peterson? I don't, did it exist? I don't know. But I just saw like literally the other day. Somebody else I read about doing an Alfred plea, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Everybody's doing Alfred plea. Michael Pierce did Alfred plea. Oh, my gosh. But remember how I said that um, he could have gotten out, like, he would have these parole hearings. If he would have just said, I did it, and I'm sorry, he would have been able to get out. That's what, that's what it, yes. Right. But you have to say that you're guilty. And that he refused to. He said, yeah. I would die and rot in prison before I say I killed my wife and I didn't. So that's what kind of made me think, well, maybe Michael Pearson is guilty. Oh, for sure. Because he could fix his mouth to say that. But I would probably, just to be free, I would probably say it too. Like, stay in jail and, like, keep your integrity or get out be free and some people think you're a liar or a killer. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. But... So they have a second I guess trial. It depends on how bad the jail is. Yeah. Like if you got friends and you're like, okay, I'm living my life. Michael Peterson probably liked it because he probably got exactly. all the penis ever. So why did he want to get out? <laughs> <laughs> so at this trial, it was basically the same trial, but a little bit worse. Like he had the same judge, different jury, but all those people, remember those 36 people in Clifton yeah. that testified for him? They weren't. They did not anymore because it had been so long and they're like, they're basically like thought it. he was a murderer. Yeah. So they didn't want to be, they didn't want anything to do with that. Are you going to top yourself off? Maybe. So then the jury came back with another guilty verdict and he goes back to jail. So now he's been tried and guilty twice for the murder of his wife. And then you got the Whitley family, right? So Judy, Whitley's family is like, wait a minute, we don't got no justice. Um, town folk are like, well, if Joe did do it oh no. then how come we can't tie you know try judy's yeah. murder or whatever I mean, maybe. the family never thought that he did it so the family they were desperate and they were like let me call unsolved mysteries because it is unsolved and this is like and years is and years later yeah, yeah it is a mystery and so because of that the case got opened up again and now there's a new cop on whitley's case <clears throat> this is when we start getting a little bit of more answers this new cop realizes that there was a suspect. So he's looking through the files and he was like, oh, there's a suspect. Who is the suspect? The suspect was a na man named Dennis Dunlop. He was a cop. He worked ah. for Clifton PD. Ah. He s was a chain smoker. <gasps> <laughs> And he was also that cop that was on the scene when the house burned up. I try to tell you. <laughs> Everything to me is just like a lining up. Clearly. 
And he also injected himself in Judy's and Mickey's murder investigation, which is always a red flag. And he blew up the house. Blew up the house, obviously. And he did not have macular degeneration. He did not, so he mm. could have drove all he wanted. Um, he also had a link to Judy because he went on a date with Judy's sister. And Judy's sister said at, she got freaked out and left the date because it was at his house. And he had pictures of women like Bond, like he was BDSM. He was the kink. Mm-hmm. LGBTQIAPK. K. <laughs> K is a kink. He, there was like pictures of women in bondage on the walls. And she was like, oh, no, let me go. And she never talked to him again. Oh, yeah. He was also known for like being a pervert in the town. And he would like um, verbally assault like women and also stopped like would get overly obsessive with women. Okay. So he had a lot of like weird allegations. Yeah. And then having a connection to Whitley and being a suspect, they gave him a lie detector test oh, back then. Wow. But he passed it. I'm sure he knows how. Anybody could. All you gotta do is step on a nail. Step on a nail, according to Dirty Chad. Yep. And so because they had any they had nothing for him, they were like, Well, or they had nothing on him, they were like, Well, you just need to leave town. Like, you're fired, leave town. And so they sent a possible killer away. I don't know actually where he went, but now it's 10 years since they've both died and it's 1996 and Dennis Dunlop, the cop kills himself. Oh, so, oh, suicide, no. commit suicide. I don't even remember how, probably by gun. It's usually how men do it. Ooh, excuse me. And remember the case had been kind of open and so this cop was talking to Dunlop's ex-wife Dunlop Dunlop and she says that he admitted that he had sex with Judy Whitley and that he killed her what I found out after the last show is that Judy Whitley um was probably what we call now intellectually disabled Remember me saying she was a 17-year-old sophomore? No. She was a 17-year-old sophomore <laughs> in high school. So that's real old to be a sophomore. So okay. then I was thinking, all oh, you educators are like, oh, well, she was behind on some credits or something. Um, or maybe she had been held back a couple of times. So it came out after the show that she had, like, probably, she was a little bit, for the lack of better terms, like, slower. Yeah. Um, maybe had some disabilities that, and so he admitted that he had sex with her and killed her. And he gave details that only the murderer would know. <gasps> um, what? And then also admitted to his ex-wife and his friend that he was in a relationship with Mickey Bryan. Okay. And I that he was with her the night that she was murdered. Because you murdered her. <laughs> Avi. Um, and then when did he tell this to people? He told his wife, like, before he committed suicide. So I'm like, why don't people just turn? Why didn't anybody say anything before? Well, you know, that's why, why did the laundry's not say anything about oh, Brian yeah. and Gabby? And maybe it's the same reasoning behind both. Like, they not everybody's gonna be a snitch. <clears throat> 
snitches get stitches Stitches. and wind up in ditches. (laughs) Okay. But you know what? Sometimes you got to be a snitch. Sometimes you got to. Well, and then in 1999, they announced Judy Whitley's killer as Dennis Dunlop. But he was already dead. But at least. And he admitted that he was friends with Mickey and was there the night that she died. And then. So that's still in jail. That's what Joe's family's like. Joe's family's like, okay. Well, what about the second half of this supposed confession? Pissed me off. And he's sitting in prison and it's probably innocence. So they go and hire a real famous guy in Waco, Texas. We've had him on the podcast named Walter Skip Reeves. Do you hey, remember this? Of course. Sup, Walter. And this is now 2013. Here's what's Literally. crazy. The family know nothing about Dennis Dunlap's supposed confession for like 10 years. Mm. What? Yeah, so he's just spent an extra 10 years in prison. And they're like, oh, this we knew about this in 1996. Why is it 2013? And we're just finding out. So they hire Walter Skip Reeves and, and his badass, beautiful intern named Jesse Freud. And y'all know him from West and because he's Catholic and because he covered, he defended David Wayne Spence and Kenneth McDuff and everybody. But he also does um, innocent project type cases. And he does those appeals to get the innocent men out of, Mm -hmm. or women out of prison. And so Reeves was like, okay, let's run a DNA on this supposed flashlight blood splatter, right? Duh. I would have been like, where's the underwears? Where's the cigarette yeah. butts? Where's all this thing? And I'd asked Walter Reeves when he came to my book club, I was like, where's cigarette butt? And he was like, oh, that was never bagged. That was one of the police. Mm-hmm. And so, but I never asked about the underwear. I know. You would think that they would have that. Keep Hello. it, yeah. Unless the... Unless that Dennis Dunlop Mm -hmm. got rid of it. So he was like, run a new DNA. And the DNA test came back and it was not one spot speckle was inconclusive. And the other one was not even blood. It was mud. There's no telling what it was. It was ketchup. (laughs) It was ketchup. It was not even human blood. So... Mm. Reeves and Freud are like, a judge needs to hear this. Let's go to the judge to see if they can get him out, get him a new trial or something. So they go to the judge and they're like, he was convicted on this blood and it's not blood. And the person who said it was blood went to Grand Canyon University and got a blood splatter degree. It's not a real one. And... That the science that we use is actually fake science has been debunked since then. Yeah. And even the guy that did it wrote a letter and said, sorry, I did it wrong. Screwed up. It was my very first one. So he graduated and the next day. He thought he was good enough to like put somebody in jail. No. Behind something he didn't know how to do. So all of that and the judge should have been like, release him. A hundred percent. But judge says, sorry, it's not enough. It's not enough. What else do you need? They also brought up Dennis Dunlap and they were like, here's this video of Dennis' wife saying that he confessed to being with Mickey 
And nope, not enough. And so he was like, he. it should have been vacated, but the judge ruled not enough evidence to overturn the conviction. And then so Joe actually came up for parole and... He was denied parole. Oh again. my gosh! What did <laughs> he hate like him so much? Oh, it was the worst. But Joe made the best of his life in prison and kept his it's faith. Only the only way he got through it was his faith. So he, while in prison, he played the piano for the prison church, and he tutored the inmates and help them get their GED. So he's still being an educator and he played church. He played at his church in Clifton, very good at playing the piano. And so he was using his gifts, even if it was in prison, he was denied parole seven times the whole time he was in there. Oh my God. What was his original sentence? Like 30 years or a life. Oh, life without, I guess it was with the possibility, with the possibility of parole. But he was never going to admit that he killed her because he because he didn't didn't. So this story was on the Innocence Project. Remember I told you that John Grisham, the author, came across this story and he was like, "Are you kidding me? This is the two thousands. We should be doing better than this." And so he wrote a book called The Guardians. It's a great book. And inspired by Joe's story. It's a couple other like innocent project stories. But um, Joe Bryan's mentioned in the back of it. But Kim Kardashian didn't do anything. No. No. Okay. She uh, she wasn't. She hadn't passed the bar yet. Okay. Joe was in jail for seven more years. So they tried in 2013. Seven more years. He was 2020 then. Yes. (gasps) He had one more parole hearing. This time, his parole hearing lawyers were like, you know what? Let's just give it all we got. And John Grisham even advocated for him. And they go to the parole board or judge or whatever it is. And they were like, you have an innocent man in jail. Here's the evidence. This judge was an idiot and did not. Was it a new judge? No. He was the judge that they tried to get it to overturn. Remember said, it's yeah. not enough evidence. So they, they were like, this judge is an idiot, but you guys, this parole board, oh. y'all can do better. You can keep this innocent man in jail or you can do the right thing because you have the chance to do the right thing. So they presented all that new evidence. And after being in jail for guess how long? Like 50 years. Damn near. 35 years in March of 2020, he was granted parole in the middle of a pandemic. Like we had literally just shut down. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably trying to release people anyway at that point. They were. So we we don't know. Like, was he released for COVID, which they were doing? Was he released because he was old? He was like 80. No, he was 79 years old at the time. He had congestive heart failure. He was very unhealthy, but his spirit was still very bright well um, good for you because i would have been like what a waste i would have been like, just gone and keep me just, in here hell i mean oh i don't know i don't know what i would do if you watch you can like look for videos of him being pros on the news and it will bring you to tears because his family 
the Brian family and some of his friends and like his lawyers had balloons and a cake and they just cheered for him. And he came out in such spirits, but he is so his age. He went in like when he was in our age, our age. And stayed in and then stayed in there till 79 years old. So he is now living in Elmont, <laughs> right down the road. And oh he still gosh. plays the piano. Should we have him on the podcast? Let's get him on the podcast. I'm he still I'm has gonna, his I'm faith. I'm on Facebook. It's fine. <laughs> he still has his faith, and he got to celebrate his first birthday out of jail in 35 years. So they did it all for him. And he talks about that. If you go watch, listen to the wrongfully convicted podcast. Where do you go? Like you just, you go to like somebody else's house. His brother and his wife had a house for him or has, or let them stay with If you don't have kids, like don't have kids, your house that you and your wife bought was probably sold. And whoever got the money, hopefully somebody put some money on your books, but everything, his life was how he knew it was gone, and he had to go live with his brother and his sister-in-law. Yeah, because where else would I, I mean. Uh. When you watch videos on him and he talks about Mickey, he still tears up and, like, has a lump in his throat till this oh day. Oh, my gosh. And um, what is so sad to me is Mickey's family still thinks he's guilty and a murderer oh no mickey's family his wife's family thinks that joe is like, a very dangerous, dangerous murderer. murderer yes okay well we're gonna need to talk to mickey's family because i mean we don't think that yeah there's still a lot of people in clifton that think so okay well i'm gonna need to know your reasons um why oh their, their reasons. reasons yeah yeah um because to me, it sounds like the Crooked Cop dentist did the whole thing. Yes. But I think the reason is, I think, they think Joe. Because he was gay or he and was I having think a little. He is. I think he is. So if you're lying about being gay still right now, if you go watch them, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Remember we had uh, Andrew. Yeah. I was like, Andrew, yeah. go watch some of these videos. Tell if he's gay, if he's gay. He's like, oh, yeah, you're gay. But it, that doesn't make you a murderer. So I think it's still like close minded people that are like yeah. if you're lying about that then maybe you're lying about kind of whole like still like michael peterson yeah um what else is so sad is that he is free but he's not exonerated he's still a murderer so he has an ankle bracelet on his ankle and he still has to check in with his parole officers he's free but he's still a convicted murderer so Which what if so you sad. what if like you say okay I did it and then you do the Alfred plea are you free with no ankle monitor like is yeah. Michael Peterson free with no ankle monitor I think so well how does this make any sense I don't know, I don't know. um you know we have a really um good judicial great. system it was so great it's yeah. so great um I think of course Dennis Dunlop is guilty. But I also think there's something real sus about Charlie, brother Charlie Blue. Clearly. Real. And so I was asking at the show, our Clifton lady, who got that $150,000? Because the murderer, Joe, who was convicted of murder. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. The brother got it. Got it. 
supposedly the town folk. Mm-hmm. So the brother, you got it. Well, so could have that been? I mean, was I he needing money? Know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I just think he's sus. I'm going to have to watch this guy talk now. So, yeah. Go watch videos of him. There's a great 2020 episode about it. It, it'll make you cry. Well, I told my mom to invite Joe Bryan to her church in Elmont. Well, I'm sure he'll go. I'm sure he, she should. Okay, well. It's a great piano player. i to get a picture. So there it is. Wrongfully convicted. Well, there First we story go. of July. Sorry if you've heard it. Or not sorry. Yeah. We added a little, a little spice to it, so... <laughs> All right, so Caroline, do you know what we're going to talk about next week? No, absolutely not. Not at all. No. Not at all. I do have a little bit of uh, uh, inspiration, unlike you. I know who I'm going to talk about. I just hadn't been inspired to open up my computer and type it up. But Hmm. I have been listening to podcasts, but it's a great story. Okay, well. But I just can't make myself type. I've got some good ones that that are just real random and like crazy. Good, 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 good. So, random month. This is exciting. Send us. And we may have a guest on soon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He's pretty famous, too. Maybe. He's a pretty famous. And we may have another live show. I don't know. Coming up, maybe. Yeah. Mike's trying to convince us to do another live show. And I'm not ready to commit yet. August 20th. August 27th. Maybe. Maybe. He says it. Write it down in pencil Start saving so your you pennies. can erase it. Start saving your pennies because we're charging for this one. <laughs> this one ain't free, bitches. Yep, yep, yep. Nope. <laughs> Trying to make some money so I can pay for this house. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I thought Jardy Chad bought you the house on oh, his VA yeah. loan, mm-hmm. even though he was barely in the military. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Another lie. Mm, he's retired, so, you know. So, y'all, this is it. We will s- see y'all in seven whole days next thursday don't forget to stay aware stay alive and always be dtf bye y'all bye go give us some reviews we love reading them bye 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 this has been a rogue media podcast (laughs) 